everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Banking Matters. I'm your host today, Daniel Baker. Joining me, I have Jennifer Stanick, who's Compliance Officer for Signature Bank of Arkansas and a CRCM holder. Jennifer has always been a details kind of person. She began her career in administration and accounting, maintaining detail-oriented tasks in the transportation industry. Five years into her career, she found an opportunity in community banking. While some found the rules and regulations governing banking to be cumbersome, Jennifer found her stride in navigating her new environment. Now, in her seventh year of community banking, Jennifer serves as the Vice President Compliance Officer as well as the CRA Officer at Signature Bank of Arkansas. In her tenure at Signature Bank, Jennifer has overseen the compliance side of a core conversion, three new market openings, and an endeavor to create a bilingual banking brand within the bank's organization. A native Arkansas and avid golfer, Jennifer lives in Fayetteville with her husband and two daughters. Jennifer, welcome to the show. Thank you, Dan. I appreciate it. Jennifer, I, I've got to ask. So you're an, an avid golfer. Do you get to get out and play very often during the winter time? Uh, not during the winter. I'm, I'm <laughs> definitely a fair weather golfer. <laughs> oh, that, that's fair. I know some some diehard golfers back when I used to live in in Utah that that even in the winter, if as long as the course was open, they would they would find a way to try and get there. And that's a that's a bit beyond me. I'm I'm not that into golfing. I could say. So Jennifer, I, I like to start by asking all of my guests as they, they join the show, how did you get started in, in banking in the first place? What what brought you to this industry? Because you were in transportation previously. So how did you how did you get here? So I was working in Northwest Arkansas uh, for a transportation company. Okay. And my husband took a job um, in Jackson, Mississippi. Mm-hmm. Um, that was quite a big move. Um, research in the area, you know, it's, um, it's on the list of high crime. Yeah, <laughs> so it's a little different than the Um, But we moved there in uh, 2017. Um, okay. I didn't know it at the time, but I was pregnant. Um, and so I spent my time, you know, at home looking for a job. Mm-hmm. Um, when I interviewed, um, you know, I was very discouraged, like, who's going to hire someone that walks in, you know, six months pregnant. Um, But I went to one two weeks before my due date um, with the bank and, um, you know, went through the the interview. It was a great interview, probably the best interview of my entire life. But I I just (laughs) had this feeling like no one's going to hire me. Um, But I kept having to go. Like my, my husband was very encouraging Mm -hmm. and, um, the the director came into the meeting after it had already started so we were already sitting down at the table the table kind of disguised my belly a little bit and i remember she asked um you know so if you're hired like when can you start and i said well that's kind of tricky i could start tomorrow but i'll need to take off in two weeks to have a baby mm-hmm. and she's like what you're pregnant <laughs> So we had a really good laugh. Um, I was really amazed that a, that a, a company would wait eight to ten weeks to hire someone, but they did. Um, you know, they offered. But well, you shows how much they liked you, right? Yes, and so I fell in love with community banking at that time, just with the bank itself. Um, you know, great people. All they want to do is help their community, and it showed within um, the the corporation itself. Um, I worked there as a, as a loan processor, um, for about a year and a half. Um, 
through that time, I asked many, many questions because I really had no clue what I was doing. <laughs> no, hey, brand new, brand new industry, right? No experience or anything, but just that willingness to work. Um, and I think that that you know, in any career, you you need that that grit and that you know just willingness. And so, as a compliance officer, that's that's very important as well. Um, but anyway, so I spent a year and a half there, and we moved back to to Arkansas, and I found another bank to work with that was very similar. Um, but we really wanted to move back to Northwest Arkansas. Mm -hmm. and so, and and whenever I was there, I found out I didn't have a degree, or I, I still don't. I'm still in college, but um, I have about a year left, and but I knew that if I wanted to make a career or get a job that made any money, like I need to find a niche. Right. And so a lot of people happen into compliance or something and only the craziest ones seek it out. <laughs> so, um, you know, I, I was like, well, I, I need to go either BSA or compliance because those are the ones that nobody really you know, seeks out or really wants to do, you know, from my experience of, of talking to people they're like oh you don't want to do that <laughs> so everyone kind of has nightmares of bsa huh yes so um yeah i knew i needed to find a career in one of those and um was looking for a job found another bank um that was willing to take a chance on someone to get their foot in the door in compliance and then i had the opportunity to um there was a, a compliance officer job open I did not have the experience or felt even like I should even apply for it. But my husband and, you know, my biggest cheerleader um, <laughs> trying to encourage me to apply for the job, even though I didn't hit all the marks. Um, you know, that was probably the greatest move I've ever made um, because I did apply and I didn't get the job, but okay. they made a job for me because oh, nice. compliance are hard to find. <laughs> So, so then let me let me. Was that was that at the the bank where you are currently? Yes, that was at Signature Bank of Arkansas. Okay, so then then I, I have to ask because is as we were going over your bio, you you mentioned something about starting a bilingual banking brand. What what, what is this? Yeah, so a year into um, my job here, I became the compliance officer, and um, we realized that we had a, you know very high um hispanic and latino community yeah um that we were not directly in but we wanted to reach those people because um that that community of people they they have a hard time trusting banks and so okay. we really wanted to be a good resource for them um, to where that they don't go to these check cashing places and spend half their paycheck trying to cash it cash the check, um, right. you know, and just really just try to help them and do a lot of educational things. Um, and so we opened up a Hispanic and Latino dedicated bank called Banco C. Okay. Um, we opened our first one of those last year. And this year we are, I'm sorry, in um, 2021, Sorry, 2022. My bad. <laughs> I'm on the phone. Um, so, um, and then 
this year we're going to open up our second one. We've had a great, oh, great. with it. Um, How far know. apart from the first one is it? Is it nearby or is it like a hop, skip and a jump away? Um, it is. I mean, it's just, it's pretty close. It's like the okay. next town. So okay. it's, um, I don't know, maybe 20 miles apart. <laughs> so, so really what you're saying is that your bank identified that there were additional needs inside of the community and, and has really taken advantage of that to not only meet those needs, but to also generate a, a new customer base. Right. Right. Perfect. That's great. So then, then let's, let's take a step back is because you mentioned you were a CRCM holder. As mm-hmm. I understand, you just recently passed that test. Is that correct? I did. And well, I congratulations. That's exciting. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I really appreciate that. It was, Probably the scariest thing I've ever done. <laughs> so then, then how long did you spend studying for that test? And then how was the test itself? Tell me a little bit about your experience there. So um, I think I signed up for the test in April. Um, mm-hmm. I went to my final, uh, you have to do you know certain things to be able to sit for the exam. Right, have to meet certain qualifications and credits and everything. Right, I went to my final um, ABA school um, to be able to sit for it. And then I did the exam prep. And I did okay. the exam prep pretty much all year. But I was actually scheduled to take it in July. And okay. didn't feel confident enough so i rescheduled it you only get one reschedule right (laughs) and so like we went through all of that i rescheduled it for as far out as i could because i was like i just don't feel comfortable (laughs) as much time as possible check i picked december because at that time i could you know i'm like i said i'm still in school so i'm juggling Mm -hmm. work a full-time job i'm juggling um, Kids, family, school, you name it. School, everything. And yeah. so I finished school on December 2nd. So I hit the books on that one super hard right after that. But mm-hmm. I'm, I mean, I'd been studying the entire time. I right. took the test. It's a four-hour test. I finished with 45 minutes left because the exam prep, it tells you how much time you spend on each test or each question yeah. and everything. Yeah, so you're pacing and everything. I have 50 seconds for each question. I had already timed it out. I'm very analytical. And so I was like, I'm taking 60 to 65 questions, review them, all that stuff, and then go back and forth. So Mm -hmm. I finished with 45 minutes left. And I was like, oh, this isn't good. (laughs) Like, (laughs) I I can review these and I don't want to triple guess myself. And so I submitted it with 30 minutes left and um, was nervous, but I got, since I did it at home, you know, I, I chose to do it at home with a, a proctor, um, because that's how I do my school. And so right. it was more comfortable for me. And so if you do it at home, you get an immediate pass fail. Oh, but nice. You don't get it's on the computer. Yeah. yeah. And so I am, got the immediate results that I passed and I, I like just started crying. I think that was the only test. Yeah. And so like, I was trying to read it through the tears. I was like, I gotta, I gotta make sure I read this right. You know, I like read it like five times and I was like, I did it. I did it. <laughs> uh, I can understand that feeling. <laughs> but I was told that like everyone I talked to, no one passed the first time. So I was very nervous about it. Yeah. 
Yep. So I, I understand that feeling. So I, I, I have a, a bar license and everything. So I'm a, a practicing attorney. And nice. I, I very much understand the, the, the pressures behind taking one of those tests. It's, it's a lot of fun per se. Yeah. Um, well, that's awesome. Did you have a mentor while you were walking into the, the CR or was it just kind of like your network advised you to do this or, or, or how did you decide to do the, the CRCM? Like what, what, what happened? So, in that <laughs> I did I mean, the the person that was here before me as the compliance officer, um, she moved on to be the internal auditor okay. and to start that department because we yeah. crossed a billion dollars. So she's starting that up. And then I um, took on her position. And so she's always been a great resource and mentor for me um, these past few years. Um, I already had my eyes set on a CRCM. But um, I think that was just out of my own personal ambition because I, like I said, I don't have a degree. So I'm trying to build up that resume as, as best I possibly can. Um, and I've always looked for a five-year plan, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, within the school that I'm attending, they also have you set out your career goals and things like that. So um you know, like that's, that's been a, a big, you know, you look forward to what you're going to do next. And so that, mm-hmm. that was my next step. Awesome. That's, that's fantastic. So then as we were, we were talking about topics and I kind of discussing what we were going to go over today. One of the things you mentioned is the importance of networking and getting contacts to where you can, you can solve and, and find answers to questions and things like that as, as they come up. Um, and obviously just, just kind of jumping into the compliance industry and, and not having necessarily a background established in the industry. How did you, how did you adapt to this? How did, how did you do this? Oh, so, um, I, you know, being able to go and attend things in person rather than virtual, which is okay. kind of what everything has kind of come to nowadays, but if you have an opportunity to go in person to any of these events, I highly encourage that because that's where I gained a lot of those um, networkings and people to talk to. Shake someone's hand, meet them in person, get the phone number, the business card. Yes. And and I have several different groups um, that I have been able to, you know, kind of talk back and forth with. Um, like I said, the previous compliance officer here had another contact that she has shared with me, um, has been a great resource. Um, and so it kind of started like that. And then I realized, Hey, banks are out to help other banks, you know, compliance isn't, it's not a job where you have your description. Here's what you do. It's a job where you've got to figure it out. (laughs) Yeah. Lots of gray area inside of compliance, huh? Yes. And so, you know, having those other people in compliance and other banks to talk to and see how they do things is very, very important. So I got a lot of that from the ABA school um, whenever I attended it for my um, to sit for the CRCM. Um, I also got it for uh, we're in a working group for 1071. Um, and Mm -hmm. so just, if you're able to get into any of these working groups or anything like that, that's a great resource as well. So really just, just kind of developing those contacts, Mm -hmm. making those friends, and then 
not only getting people that, that you can reach out to, but I'm, I'm assuming people also have started reaching out to you when they have questions. Oh, yes. Yes. Okay. So definitely like a, a back and forth, not just a, a, a take situation, but a give and take. So, so everybody's kind of helping everyone else uh-huh. out to become more compliant as, as a whole and, and help the industry across the board. Is that, is that a fair assumption? Oh, yes. Very much. Okay, perfect. So then I know I know a lot of different banks, compliance is kind of a little bit of a black cloud. When you say, oh, compliance needs this, people kind of cringe and groan and say, like, oh, I don't want to help compliance out or I don't want to deal with that or or whatever it may be. How's the, the compliance environment at, at Bank of Arkansas and, and what have you done to kind of help shape that envi- environment? So I think it's um, really important to... W- to know how to talk to people and know how they are going to like read their reactions and, and come Mm -hmm. at a, come at a, an angle of where, Hey, you know, we might not could do it this way, but let's try to find a better way. And maybe this will work. You know, I always try to offer up, you know, I, I, I hate saying no. (laughs) And so I try not to use the word no, um, How about this? <laughs> right, like this might be a better solution. So, um, you know, and and we got a whole new with our core conversion. Right after that, we did a a, a new uh, loan origination software as well. Mm. And so, understanding how that works, um, I've had a lot of loan officers reach out to me and be like, "Hey, can you help me with this?" You know, and and they realize that compliance isn't really bad. You know, and like I said, the golfing, you know, I use that, you know, whenever we have these tournaments um, that the bank participates in or something like that, I use that to go and, you know, hang out with employees of the bank and relationships. Like, don't just go to them with a problem every time. Just go and talk to them. Go and figure out what they like, what they do, what their lives are, you know, be dedicated to them specifically. So I think that's really helped reshape. Also, my mom was a junior high counselor growing up. So I have mm-hmm. that in my back, back <laughs> of my head. Um, and, and just learning how to read people and, and talk to them in a way that, um, you know, you're self-aware and able to relate that information. It's important to, you know, relate the importance as well, but just try to do it in a very nice way. <laughs> yeah, and I, I can totally appreciate and respect that. I think that that having that skill set of being able to communicate is is one of the most important parts, arguably, of of our job because ultimately, our, our the job of a compliance officer, the job of compliance is to to make sure people are following the rules. And if people won't communicate with you, then then you won't know there's a problem until there's a problem. Right. And that that can that can that can definitely turn into a headache. So I can I can really appreciate that. So then, as I, I know a lot of people kind of in this this line of business or in the compliance line of business tend to be a little bit more introverted. They they like digging through the rules. They like digging through the through the policies and everything like that. Um, are, are you would you classify yourself as, as an introverted person or, or are you more of an extroverted person? I think I'm a introverted extrovert. <laughs> okay, I, so you're an extrovert that likes quiet time. <laughs> yes. I like my alone time and I like, you know, I I, I hate public speaking and I don't like, um, you know, introducing myself to new people and put myself in those awkward positions, you know, um, mm-hmm. 
But one thing that kind of resonated with me is, and I know this wasn't his quote, I think he was quoting somebody else, um, but I watched a, a thing that Will Smith did. Okay. And one of the quotes he said was, the greatest thing you ever wanted is just on the other side of fear. And I had that wrote on a post-it note. I know it's somewhere on my desk, but I had it wrote on a post-it note for years. And Mm -hmm. I look at that and every time I I feel, you know, like a little nervous or a little scared, like I read that and I'm like, okay, I got to do it. You know, like this is, you know, I just got to do it. Like public speaking, you've got to go to board training. (laughs) Yeah, no, absolutely. You know, like it's, you put yourself out there and, and you do a job and you know, the, there's good things that are going to come from it. So I, I think that's a great quote. The greatest thing you've ever wanted is just on the other side of fear. That's, mm-hmm. that's a very interesting quote and you can do a lot of interesting things if you apply that one. Yeah. So I've, I've lived by that. Although so, I can't say, I don't think I'm going to jump out of an airplane anytime soon. I'm, I'm okay. <laughs> avoiding the skydiving side of things. Yeah. <laughs> well, Jennifer, it's been it's been awesome speaking with you. It's been awesome having you joining us. And I always like to give the the guests who who do join us an opportunity to kind of share one last tidbit of of advice or, or information. So Jennifer, if you could give banks listening today one one piece of advice. So just according to Jennifer, what what would it be? I would say, you know, for those young compliance officers out there or, you know, just women in the industry, even guys, I mean, anyone, um, Mm -hmm. you know, even if you're not qualified, apply, speak up, don't be afraid, you know, just, you know, put yourself out there and good things will come. You know, if, if you're afraid to ask or afraid to do something, it will never happen. There's never even a chance. So um, give yourself that opportunity and give yourself that chance. A chance not taken is an opportunity never received. I like that. That's that's a very good piece of advice. Well, Jennifer, thank you very much for joining us for today's episode. Thank you. I appreciate it. For the rest of our listeners, that's Banking Matters. 